What up, baby? It's the DJ legend Molly Maul in the building. I don't care who first or who last. You need to shake that ass with the Mega Late Show, baby. You know what it is. Peace. Peace. Welcome back, Mega Late Show. I am Grand Mega Flowers, the host of the Mega Late Show. And the Mega Late Show is a Tokyo based hip hop, art, and culture podcast. Tokyo based, meaning we out here in Tokyo. Ike Bukuro, mm-hmm. to be precise. Uh, a city in which I am a cultural ambassador. Ikebukuro is a international and arts and culture city mm. with an emphasis on multicultural and diversity. And so we've got about 1,200 city ambassadors who help contribute to uh, some of the art projects out here, things like that. And I'm one of those people. So uh, I'll have my business cards from the city soon wow. if they can get off their asses government but um yeah uh i think more people should come out here and do art projects the city will give you money for that type of mm. stuff maybe not now because you know coronavirus situation but yeah there we go it keeps dropping out keeps dropping out yeah definitely pay attention to that type i don't know i might just keep those dropouts there i feel like they had character but uh yeah so um yeah Welcome back, and this is part two of episode number 128, where I have uh, some of the ladies of Japan for Black Lives. All of them are involved in their own specific projects as well. Let's go ahead and do like a name introduction so people can associate your voice with your name. Can you introduce yourself? Hi,、uh, I'm Naomi, a founder of Japan for Black Lives and Fab Five Tokyo. My name is Maya Hatch. I'm a singer and a member of Japan for Black Lives. I am Ryoko.、Um, I'm an English teacher <laughs> and an interpreter as well. I also participate in、um, Speakeasy TYO and Japan for Black Lives as well. Oh, me too. I'm from Speakeasy <laughs> TYO. Yeah, <laughs> startup member. Yeah. What is that? The number、It's、one、awesome. vibe out party? In yeah, Japan, <laughs> yeah, the number one vibe out party.、Yeah. Shout out to、uh, DJ Sarasa and Brooklyn Terry. I guess they're the faces of Speakeasy、yeah. TYO. Yeah, incredible people, man. I still haven't had Sarasa come into the studio to record with me yet. <laughs> Seems so busy.、Mm. Yeah, but、uh, shout out to、busy. her and shout out to Casa de Sarasa. A、uh, wonderfully incredible, authentic Mexican food experience that you would not find anywhere else in Japan. Mm. And that kind of dope. Mexican、yeah. food is becoming more popular out here, but she has like a really authentic Mexican food yeah. experience. Yeah, and recently she released original hot sauce. Yeah. Did you well, see? Yeah, I did see it. I think I took a screenshot because I was like, I, I was don't know、surprised. if I can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a spicy food type of individual. Let me, me see.、Too. What is the name of it? Oh, I didn't.、Uh, maybe I didn't I, screenshot. I, I, I think I shared it on my Insta story. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not big into spicy food. I can handle it, but I don't just partake out the, you know what I mean? All it makes、willy-nilly. me mad. Yeah, does it really? <laughs> yeah, I、oh、get、man. really pissed get off. Get sweaty. <laughs> my throat、yeah? starts to、oh, like, like close up and like it burns, and、mm. I just can't enjoy my food, so I get really pissed.、Yeah. Your husband was in here last week getting all sweaty, eating all these <laughs> Szechuan peanuts that Aaron left here. Oh, he's like,、oh、you know, fanning、God. himself and like taking off his jacket. I was like, are you, are you hot in here? The air conditioner's、yeah. on. He's like, nah, I think it's these peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Buddha. Shout out to、uh, MC Buddha.、Oh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, welcome back.、Uh, thank you, ladies, for joining in again. 
I mean, it's the same experience, but to our listeners, it's been a couple days. So, yeah. Yeah. And we we had a lot of conversations about um, Japan for Black Lives, which is a nonprofit organization that is based on educating and bringing some of the issues that face black people around the world uh, to the people in Japan who are kind of separate from that experience to some degree. And go back to listen to that and also episode number 121 with Naomi and Brooklyn Terry. We, we, we talk about it quite a bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's, uh, what else is new? Um, I, I, we were talking earlier, the last episode, about your experience in this uh, online workshop with uh, Mumu Fresh, who is a you know, Grammy, Grammy award winning, maybe a Grammy nominated uh, artist. And uh, I, I wanted to let you get more, uh, describe that a little bit more because that sounds like a really dope experience. It was. So um, she started doing this online classes after this whole um, the situation that we have here with the, the corona thing. And um, Naomi had helped uh, to promote the class amongst the Japanese people and Maya actually participated. I did. Like, is is Mumu class. fresh out here? Is she in, in Japan? Japan? Yeah. No. no. It's okay. online class. It's on- okay. Yeah. Yeah. She lives <laughs> where again? Um America. Okay. <laughs> okay. We have to keep a secret. Okay. Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. <laughs> uh, let me close the window. You guys can hear that, right? I think. Hey, yeah. And the yeah. online class. Let me talk about the online class that like we had um, for the Japanese audience, it was um, like a two-part structured class. And one was for the singers, and they get to um, learn about the uh, the evolution of the black American music along with its history. Mm-hmm. And they also did, um, they also experienced the writing process. Like, you actually get to write with her. Um, she's going to like be asking you questions. Um, uh, I want Maya to talk about it a little bit, uh, which her, of her experience mm. f- in what she felt and like what she had gone through mm. with the class. And the second, the w- one, so one is for the singers and we had um, classes for dancers as well. And it was really cool. The part where she would share the history the black American history and the music is, um, and she would do that. And the assignment would be like, she would give us two songs, which were strange fruit by Billie holiday. And the other was Harlan by Bill Withers. And she would give these two songs to the dancers and give them out about a week or two, uh, to come up with their own choreo. And they had to like shoot themselves, and and on the second class they would talk about like how they would associate their emotions through the art of dance. Oh wow! Um, with the lyrics and the music that like uh, from the two songs, mm-hmm. and they get to choose one song, and it was really. Um, I don't know. I have like no words to. Uh, explain but it was really I felt I was able to um, participate in something really meaningful having um, to hear one of the participating students say that like she she was Japanese uh, born and raised in Japan 
and she she's a dancer uh said that she still struggles in ways to like how to associate herself with the culture and the music and as a dancer especially uh how to associate herself with the dance and the music so she left um mentioning that like it's gonna be like a lifelong assignment for her to keep thinking about it and she's eventually gonna have to like grow with it Mm -hmm. so i i really that really hit me deep and i was so happy to be able to share that with my muna muna fresh and um yeah it was an awesome experience i was really honored to be able to um participate in that event um to be able to bridge like the culture with my people here and the, mm. my Japanese people. Mm. So, yeah, that was an awesome experience for me. And I'm hoping that was for the people who participated. It sounds like um, that type of experience for Japanese people is probably few and far between where they can kind of work with somebody of that caliber of artistry and be able to have a kind of intimate conversation with them where it's not just like all right now step do this but there's a an active you know uh, a transferring of ideas and mentorship that is directly there that sounds pretty incredible yeah like, I mean, yeah. it would work in reverse. Like if you if you loved anime to sit down with one of like the great artists and have somebody translate and give you, you know, thoughts right from the brain. That's that's dope. Mm-hmm. That's really dope. It was because like um, I want to share a little bit of the details that she was um, share the knowledge that she was sharing with us because I feel that it's so important. I'm actually working on um editing a video for Japan for Black Lives so that it could be shared with everyone. Just snippets of like moments. Like every moment was important, but like a digest of um, the whole class so that it could be shared with the world. Um, so she would start off by talking about how the spirit is important to the Black American culture. And like the connections to God and the ancestors and like allowing the ancestral lineage to dance or sing through you. And the what I appreciated a lot about her was that like she um, she openly talks about it. She practices Muslim. She um, but she will touch you and talk to you in a way um, in a transcending way that like no matter where you're from, no matter what type of religious belief you have, uh, gender, age, it doesn't matter. She's just going to, she has a ability to connect to you through music and her knowledge. And she was like, I'm sure you, you, us Japanese people, um, have a similar thing in your, your culture where, you know, you pray to your ancestors and like, you know, they assist you in, in the physical realm, you know, so... And she would talk about things like that and to uh, the detailed facts in the history. Like she goes back to where the escape songs were sung in the cotton field. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, the escape songs are like the coded, um, like some, the references were like biblical references, like coded messages, like trading messages um, about freedom because they weren't allowed to communicate right. freely. And there were also um, songs called the freedom songs. And freedom songs were more of an encouragement, um, she said. And it's more of a reminder song to, like, never give in. And, like, they may be enslaved, but not enslaved within the spirit. So that's the song. And not to adapt to that belief. Because when you're treated that way on a daily basis, you know. So that's the um, freedom songs. And she would talk about how uh, the music of blues came from this freedom song along with the history of she would also talk about like the freedom fighter the harriet tubman and how she helped um people through what uh, it was called the underground railroad right yeah and she would also talk about and then in in to the early 1900s before the great depression she would um it was the great migration where people well this happened through like the 20s through the 70s i think she said like people moving from the south to the north mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um this class was all uh japanese people in there yeah okay so she created it was she's doing an online class but it's specifically for the region of japan yeah oh dope okay. and i was like you were the translator them. right um so this she would like be sharing she's like a fountain of knowledge and she would be sharing all these um emotional emotions like facts knowledge she would just like freely be sharing herself through the online um and she would also be giving you like l um good advices musically not just like emotional support, but like logical input that you could actually apply in your writing or whatever your creative process is. Yeah. So she, it, I think it must have been hard for her to go through this like 400 years of history mm -hmm. just within that like few hours that like we were giving. But she would um, insist like throughout the whole history like there's a reoccurring theme um till today and like which is the resistance and the resilience mm -hmm. you know that has been expressed through blues gospel you know hip-hop today r&b and soul um yeah so she would talk about how you know what connects the world with black music is is the human spirit of resistance and resilience and um all people can relate to the desire to uh need to survive against all odds mm -hmm. and their sufferings mm -hmm. did you want to like add on something no. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. so and she would talk about like these things that she said even the black people black american people had uh no access to that information because it's not taught anywhere mm-hmm she was um she would talk about how she how her mother homeschooled her and a lot of these like the songs she would actually sing the songs that were sung in the fields 
um, and she would say that like her grandmother taught her uh, word of mouth so that like it's not it doesn't get forgotten it's right. not forgotten yeah so she's like her mother has a Native American heritage so she really it's the how shall I articulate this but yeah that's I think it's um I felt responsible to pass on correctly of what she feels and how she feels responsible about it as well to pass these information um to everyone <laughs> how do you think how class, do you think mm -hmm. the, the class was received by the other participants do you think that people walked away with like a much deeper understanding of the cultural significance of all of these black art forms and how they inform modern day um, thought? In regards of like, you know, taking back home the information you mean? Yeah. Like yeah. What, what, what people got out of it. How, how big were the, were the, the classes? Impact? Like, well, I mean, no, how many it people was were participating? She, she preferred smaller classes so it's more of like one-on-one -on -one. she would actually be able to talk to each and every one in the class mm. um she wants to make sure that like you feel something and like you've learned it and like she'll be able to see it through the screen but she won't be able to do that if it's like a big big right. zoom sure. <laughs> you know um panel kind of thing so she wanted an intimate class where she will be able to actually like reach out. So I think, I feel like I witnessed a beautiful moment of her sharing herself freely. And on the other side, on our side, these people in Japan were reaching out, wanting to know more about the history. Uh, also wanting to know more about themselves as well. So I just felt really honored I want I wanted to um, make sure that like she has a class going on now, but like I recommend people to like sign up sign up to her newsletter. Like I'm I'm gonna check on the her information. Yeah, remind send, me. Send to me the send me the link for it. And I'll yeah, put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. So um, just like send her an email to see like when she starts the enrollment. It's really worth every penny. Um, the time and energy and money that you put into like it's really whatever you do like you dance or you sing you you you're a beatsmith um you're gonna get something out of it for sure yeah the the thing is like um i talked about the dancers class uh a minute ago i wanted to add that she was sharing the history of dance as well where um people would she was saying that like it's she's a singer and she's a rapper but she wanted to give something for the uh the dancing people as well uh sharing history of like they had this thing called the ring shout ring shout like ring as in cipher and where they would form a cipher and they would like be shouting and dancing and singing for hours as an outlet of their pain and struggle. And um, so she 
was sharing how the dance is the importance of the dance was to the black culture as well so it's about dance and it's about music um it's pretty much everywhere that like we're enjoying mm -hmm. and consuming um of the parts of the the history and um what it has brought us like we are consuming like consuming would that be the right word but you know it's just everywhere we listen to it we dance to it we dance it and we wear it <laughs> so um i felt that it's only right that it's people get to know like what's really behind all these things that are around you today <laughs> sounds really dope what what yeah. did you think about it maya <laughs> Yeah, you, she participated yeah, I, in the singer. I like the singing just aspect loved of it. it. I, mean. I just loved it so much. I I thought um, it was just so spiritual um, from like beginning to end. Um, she had a segment where she even like aligned our chakras. Um, what what was that, Yoko? What did she do again? It was like the chakra cleansing. Yeah. Um, and she would like make you sing specific notes to uh, that's aligned to that chakra. Right. And like the, um, I have the fourth chakra, I have the heart chakra on my back, mm -hmm. and that's like where the uh, the the octave sound changes direction mm -hmm. and starts to move up before it changes to the next octave. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I've been to like the Flower of Life workshop and oh, shit okay. like that. So. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. a spiritual healer. <laughs> <laughs> what type of practices do you do? A practice? Yeah. Like my I mean, practice. In I'm regards of like what? I mean, uh, I if uh, spiritual healing, like uh, I, I'm certified uh, Reiki. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah. well, I mean, I used wow. to be really into that stuff when I was when I was much younger. But, yeah. You know, uh, rebirthing breath meditation. I mm. can guide people through that type of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, Moon well, Fresh actually. Um, she, I saw her post on Instagram saying that like she has her, she's a certified. Reiki uh, facilitator. Hmm. Is that the word? Yeah. Like yeah. This summer. She's okay. I mean, yeah. I, I got it like uh, in an afternoon. Like I just went, I showed up and they're like, this is how you do it. And then at the end, they're like, here's a certification. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a piece of paper to say I did it. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. But yeah, well, my practice personally is like, it's nothing special. Like I don't sit down. Don't downplay it. It's special. <laughs> No, no, really, because um, it's just what I've been doing since childhood. I've never been taught, but I spent spend a lot of long time <laughs> to do like self reflections, um, self witnessings. That's I like that. You word. mentioned that earlier, yeah. What do you mean by that? It's um, it's the process of like self reflection. But it's good to perceive it in a way where it's um, in a way where where you're not so self-judging mm. and like you're not beating yourself up. You're more you're taking a step back and you're observing yourself um, and you're witnessing your ugliness and <laughs> your egos. And, you know, you just let all that happen, but you just you're just not dominated by it. So all you, you don't really need that special, um, what do you call it, 
like the gimmicks. <laughs> sure, yeah. Right? All you need is just your alone time, like a quiet alone time. Um, so I would, I try to do that like in daily basis. And I believe that like that at its core, that's really, um, I think it's deeply connected with this whole racial issue thing as well. If everyone on this planet started um, to started the questioning instead of concluding or judging, or if we started to, you know, think about the backgrounds, like what I talked about in the first half, um, using more imagination and like having more compassion for others, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that would just make a big difference <laughs> yeah indeed yeah self-reflection self-reflection yeah. i'm trying so hard not to insert myself into every no. aspect of it, you know no, go ahead. no like um uh, I, i'm with you like uh, i i practice integral psychology which um we have this thing it's called rooting i amness in mm-hmm. big mind mm-hmm. which is basically essentially what you just said it's taking a step back from yourself but also realizing like like the person you are right now is different than the person you're going to be in the future and different than the person that you were 20 years ago. But one thing that is persistent is this I amness, this really subjective position of not you and your intentions and your actions, but that's that component that is always there in self. And so this is kind of self witnessing. It's like you are always there. And so it kind of teaches you not to. Um, judge yourself in any particular ways, but also realize how you interact with things and to recenter your actions with ideas of an all at onceness, a, a universal oneness that, that that is larger than the self while not losing track of you still being an integral part of the whole. And so, I mean, I, I use, I, like I said, I, I, uh, I read a lot of stupid books. And so like Ken Wilber, <laughs> Spiral Dynamics, Integral Psychology, um, a, a variety of Buddhist practices. Like I usually have my, at least a couple toes in there. Uh, I, I, I wake up every morning and um, I've been doing this thing. It's kind of like a more new type of approach. And it's not so spiritual as it is more like a self-help approach, but it's been something to help me out kind of stay centered and and, and remain optimistic in these kind of difficult days. It's called the miracle morning. So it's just like a series of things that I do when I wake up. And the first thing that I do, I try to do is uh, meditate, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it comes back to kind of recentering mm-hmm. myself, yeah. uh, you know, so, you know, yeah. self-witnessing, so to speak. There's a variety of spiritual practices that I think if everybody did, we might be a little bit doper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, this this is a part of the podcast mm. where we can kind of just talk about whatever mm. we want to talk about and stuff. Of course, I want to do some musical shares and things. I've been catching myself. I I like to say things of that nature things a of that lot. Nature. I, I've <laughs> That's noticed, fine. Well, but I said it like three times during I one podcast, and I was like, no, <laughs> no more. So, but so I noticed instead of saying things of that nature, yeah. I've been saying things like that. Things like as that, a, as if. It, <laughs> As, as, as if it's like a, a suitable thing like i don't know things like that yeah but me yeah. and maya have been talking a lot mm. about these things so i want to yeah. i want her to go ahead and share her thoughts mm. Mm. well going back to Moomoo fresh and and my reflection on on that um so one thing that i thought was really really dope is um she 
she misheard one of the students saying the word morning and she and the the student was saying like i don't i don't know how to use that word um in these lyrics or something but she misunderstood that and i thought that that was a beautiful um mistake that was made that opened up this whole new thing which was um she heard morning and heard morning uh, so like instead of the morning um m-o-r-n-i-g uh yeah morning mm-hmm. like m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g right mm-hmm. so what are you mourning and i think um that was a really important moment for all of us to like what is it that your soul is trying to say like what is it that your soul is crying out for and when we talk about soul singing right like um it's not just sounding like a soul singer like it's what is what is your the depths of your soul trying to say and um i think for a lot of japanese singers who um who appreciate black music like maybe sometimes they don't feel like they have this weird word in japanese called homono right mm. <laughs> and i don't even know what the fuck that means but like homono like oh wow you're a, you're the real thing you're a homono artist right um but i think everybody has a homono everybody has like um something authentic and important to say and unique to say um that they can contribute and i think that 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 mistake allowed us to really like dig deep into um who we are and what what we what unique thing that we have to share um so yeah that was a really cool moment but yeah she just really helped me um kind of find my voice um even though I was really struggling um, in terms of the timing of it, I was just feeling really uninspired. And just the whole corona thing just, um, yeah, it really changed my perspective on life and got me to the point where I was like, I don't care about myself. I want to care about the world and I want to care about others. Um, and so it was really difficult for me to like, um, act as an artist and be this you know singer Maya Hatch and I didn't feel like releasing any music and it was um so the timing of taking this uh this workshop was like I felt kind of bad because I wasn't really in like super present and open but I think she allowed me to just be okay with feeling numb and I and I and she allowed me to just really be myself and be in that moment who I am and um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. the, the Instagram live that we're going to do. <laughs> we haven't done when that is yet. That, when does that take place? We undecided. are still <laughs> okay. on this side. Is um, this something that other people can watch or yeah. is it? Yeah, of course yeah. it's open to the public. Oh, cool. Yeah. What she does is like, like I said earlier, she shares, um, she lets her, um, participating students that took her class, um, go on her IG and she just like she's the host and like she introduces you to the audience and um asks you questions so like the audience gets to um it gets they get to know about you and the song that you wrote with her oh wow yeah yeah and, keep yeah. me posted on that so i can yeah. try to tune in myself and if and if the timing's right, I'll mention it on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. really awesome. So next next workshop is already this fixed. No, it's not fixed, but I'm mentioning this right now um, for the people in Japan that like we are 
talking. I don't know. It's up to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I encourage people who are in the United States, like whatever you do, like I said, you're a singer, a dancer, um, a beat maker, or a musician. Doesn't matter, because you are all she really needs is like a microphone and a looper. <laughs> She's really like a one. Mm. Like she, the one, whole one one, band. one woman yeah. one woman band. <laughs> I've got to listen to more of her music. I'm not too familiar with. I'm her gonna send you gallery. links. Like I, I mean, we could we could play some. Do you have a song that you like in particular um, from her? Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if she's on um, this thing. I want to share the links. Uh, I think. Okay, she doesn't really have anything on uh, Spotify. It's, it's no, no, she does, but oh, okay. like it goes under the name of my Muna Yusef. Mumu Fresh is a name that like um, Black Thought from the Roots gave her. Okay. My Mona Yusef, M A I M O U N A Yusef is um Y O U S S E F. All right. And like all of her songs are. Should I just play like her most popular one? Oh, it looks uh, like she's MOG on. The emoji is yeah. like the most recent one. Let's see what that. It's an awesome song. Oh, it's produced by Salam Remy, too. Mm-hmm. And the video is really awesome. Let me turn that up for you guys. Also, check out her Tiny Desk performance. Oh, she has an mm, NPR Tiny Desk performance. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I used to watch those with such frequency. I don't know what happened. At a certain point, I just kind of, <laughs> yeah. they, they fell behind in my algorithm or something. <laughs> and like I just yeah. haven't seen many of them. Uh, probably since around the time the corona started, though, mm-hmm. when they started doing like the Tiny Desk at home. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I missed quite a few of those. But I, yeah. I, I particularly like showing those to my daughter so she can see kind of you know artistry yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like this is where it comes from like mm. the things you hear on tv and the radio are not yeah, like true. in the radio they're happening from people yeah. you right. know actively doing that you should show her um my mona's the yeah. tiny desk because she represents her um the black american mumu fresh and the the indigenous native american mm. she represents so much of herself her real self um you should definitely have your daughter see that this is a jam yes this is a real jam and like she's my favorite rapper singer oh, okay. like me myself like as a singer when i listen to her there's just so much information in each and every note like you actually feel it you don't just hear it, but you feel it. You know. Yeah. You know, um, of course, I like Siggy just as much as the next person, you know, but like, uh, I mostly listen to the weird genres and hip hop for the most part. Not so much like R&B or singing. Um, I'm more into this version of soul R&B music than I am to some of the more contemporary R&B sounds that are more like a combination of pop rap music you know and mm. things but like yeah this is a jam mm. yeah, and that's her rapping right now she i mean i forgot to mention like along with the dancers singers and the beat makers definitely rappers mm-hmm. 
you know, MCs, like who who wants to, um, you know, develop more with their flow, writing, delivery, whatever. And the best thing about her is like um, she she'll give you like um, she's just a fountain of knowledge. It's it's not just like on the musical realm, but she'll give you information on like the business side and how you can handle things on an independent level you know like signing a big ass record label is not a thing anymore today right. so you know she'll give you she she herself actually is i think um the best one of the most successful independent artists wow. um i mean in successful artist period mm. but what i mean by that is like you know she does what she does without like you know she displays such a wonderful example of mm. not being have to uh belong to an agent yeah. or a record label to uh. do what she's doing i'm so for i'm i'm so for that i i come from like you were saying earlier in the last episode how um you know hip-hop got a little popular people separated i went underground and i started listening to independent artists like that's primarily what i listened to um a, a bunch of new cats just came out with albums homeboy sandman mm-hmm. um who else uh open mike eagle independent artists mm-hmm. so, do you guys listen to do you guys do you ladies listen to <laughs> saw rock yeah she's dope she's an MC that just came out with an album um with rhyme sayers but she's also kind of a spiritual um MC here i'll play some here this um this song is off of her new album called uh the sharecropper's daughter features um saul williams uh you guys familiar with the, the poet uh, uh, yeah the seattle yeah <laughs> sorry he's from seattle no, i like that yeah yeah <laughs> Kipsy. Shaped by darkness. <laughs> Descendant of the sharecropper's plight. From can't see in the morning to can't see at night. To second sight. With the wherewithal to fight. An exercise of excision. It's a great album. Exorcism. To heal the spirit and reveal the prism. Beyond the prison. Groomed by addiction. Tuned by a vision. One woman. One mission. Follow me. I go the wildest dreams of rebels and kings. Incredible odds are better than one in circle of sun. Independent hip hop artist, man. Support local art. Support independent art. All the rich guys will be fine. Puff Daddy will be fine. Support independent art. And like, um, Momo Fresh does this like awesome merch. She, she has um, a website for her merch where she sells like t-shirts and also um she sells like smudging sage mm. palo santo and like crystals and things like that like so you want to check that out she's like one of your favorite artists <laughs> yes in every way like she's an awesome person in person mm. um yeah wonderful musician um yeah i just love her in so many ways <laughs> I've what, gotta check out more of her music. What's she uh, s- she sing for Speakeasy online streaming? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I missed that. When you, was that? That was in May. Okay. Yeah. Um, like right before. That was like, so dope. She 
she made the beats and song, uh, sing. Oh, yeah. right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so. I miss that. Everything was like freestyle. Mm. You also got to check out um, her freestyle thing that she did for Sway. Sway in the morning. Sway, Sway, Sway's universe. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I don't think this part was like in the morning thing, but oh, okay. yeah, but that like Maya said, like y'all gotta check out the the morning jam session, okay. as well as the one that I'm talking about right now is like the freestyle. She goes on freestyle for like four or, or five minutes, mm-hmm. and she just like kills it. Hey. It's really. It's really gangster. Yeah. You can see it. <laughs> really gangster. You really gangster. <laughs> I mean, if Black Thought gives you your name, then you have to be really gangster. Yeah. Right? So. And it's just freestyle. Uh, um, I think Black Thought just came out with a new album today, too, actually. Really? Uh, As it's, solo? it's part of his, uh, what is it? Um, uh, Stream of Thought, I think, is the name. Well, I forget the name of his projects but the last one was produced completely by salam remy and this one is, i'm not sh- the first one was produced by ninth wonder the last one is salam remy and then he just dropped th- part three of it today i think i haven't listened to it though but rap rap music <laughs> yeah. you know. she's an amazing um mc an amazing mc as well yeah. why don't you guys share some music then now i mean you're all plugged in why don't why don't we share <laughs> yeah, some yeah. stuff that we like here i'll uh I'll turn this up for a second. More Saw Rock stuff. Again, she's on Rhymesayers, a home of atmosphere, a a tremendous number of independent artists. They've been doing it, uh, doing it for over 20 years now, supporting independent art, putting out so many uh, independent artists, Idea, Slug, all these guys. Uh, Yeah, you can plug. Oh, yeah, plug that right in. Yeah, let me turn this down while we let Naomi get into it. Let's turn this up. Can you turn your phone up some? There we go. Introduce us to this. What is this? This is a very old song called Happy. Do you know this song, Ryoko? No, who is this? Um, this is the Tei Towa song. Towa Tei, do you know him? Towa Tei? Yeah, Towa Tei is a, a me- member of D-Light. Oh, okay. And he's Groove is in the heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, that's so where I recognize the name from. Yeah. So, um, how many years ago do you think this song is? This? Yeah. Let me just listen to it for a minute. It sounds like it could be like post hip hop, hip house, <laughs> maybe '94. Oh, it's close. Uh, it's '97. Okay. Yeah, it's so so 23 years ago. Yeah. So I was a um, high school student hey. in Nagasaki. <laughs> I was listening this music and so first time I listened this music, I didn't know this is uh, this created by Japanese oh. artists. So I was like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> and I was really into it. I'm just I'm just making sure I'm sp- spelling the name right, making a note here for myself. It's called Happy. Yeah, Toate. Toate. He yeah. actually made some contributions to um, the native tongues. Oh, okay. People. Um, what's their name? De La Soul. Uh, Jungle Brothers. Na- uh, Jungle Brothers. Mm. Yes. So um, Nate. this song is actually uh, 
Lap is coming later, and it's Bahamadia. Ah, Bahamadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Bahamadia. Bahamadia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's great. Yeah. Yeah. So this singer is um, uh, this is is Baha Bahamadia. Bahamadia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said Bahamadia. <laughs> Bahamadia. Yeah. yeah. So the the singer was also um, she's. I forgot the name. Vivian something. She's yeah. Harlem, New from Harlem, New York. Yeah. So, so for me, this era of Japanese music industry is golden era ah, for me. Yeah. Okay. There are so many good musics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is not like super mainstream, but um, we called these kind of songs as shibuyake. Mm. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. So Shibuya Gay. Yeah. yeah. So I I I was always digging Shibuya Gay music when I was high school student. Yeah. This would be the same era that um like Zebra was first putting out his music with like Lamp Eye, right? Yeah, Zebra was. Yeah. Lamp Eye. That, that um, yeah. what is it? Shogun, the song. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Would, that's like one of the. Uh, I I've been told that that's like one of the first tracks that really inspired like Japanese yeah. artists to start rapping. Mm. It was kind of like their enter the 36 chambers, like their yeah. Wu-Tang moment. And it kind of was like very instrumental mm. in growing the Japanese hip hop community. Right. Yeah. Uh, around 97, right? right. Yeah. Late like 90s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're from <laughs> the golden era. We're all from the golden era. Yes. Same yeah. age. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is great. I I I recognize the name, but I haven't done like a lot of knowledge on it. I haven't gone back and really mm. found out who he was, his contributions. But I think the last time somebody brought him up, they mentioned that he was uh, a part of Delight mm -hmm. and contributed to that, which is just the jam. <laughs> that you still you play that now, and people are like, "Oh, it's time yeah. to dance." That's Bootsy Collins. You know what I mean? So or, you know, uh, grooves in the heart, right, Maya? Yeah, I, I feel like you're so much younger than me for some reason. I don't know why, but you know, D-Light, Groove is in the Heart, right? That's 1990. Okay, yeah, that's quite yeah. old. You don't know Groove is in Heart. Should I play that? 30 for? years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think she will be too young. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm 35, but there's like a big chunk of time that I was not in uh, the States, so I missed out on like a lot of But the, But D-Light is... American house dance music yeah. group, right? Let me see. Here we go. Oh, that's the music video is great. Yeah. Q-Tip is on this yes. track, right? <laughs> you must have heard this like shopping at like a Rite Aid or something. What year was this? 90. 90. Yeah. 1990? Yeah. heard this song in my life wow isn't that wild they've got like a a kazoo on it i think is this instrument <laughs> it's weird but yeah yeah this was all when the um like the gypsy woman by crystal waters yeah. all that club yeah. dance music mm. yeah it was like mm. this uh, interesting area of like hip um, house hip house right which is like 
hip hop heads were actively against it. House heads were actively against it. But it was like this combination of the two arts, like CNC Music Factory, right. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch type Fast of stuff. Fast Eddie. Yeah. So um, it it takes yeah. two. Um, you know, like yeah. But I mean, as a seven year old this would come on MTV and it was like one of my favorites. Right. Mm. You know, the video was just so strikingly interesting. This is also the era of like the new Jack Swing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Indeed. But yeah, this is a this is a jam. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know if I know any other D-Light tracks other than this. <laughs> they have good songs. I mean, yeah, that they they must have been popular. I mean, they had Bootsy Collins in the band. Right. So I just imagine they made some really <laughs> really good stuff. Who else wants to play some music? Let's let's do that. Here, I'll put on some. Another Moo Moo Fresh song. Okay, I can pull that up. I, I've got it. I can pull it up. Uh, do you want to just take a look on my phone? Sure. That's um. There's only one Moo Moo Fresh song on there, but this is her Spotify. What do we got here? My conscience. RC and the Grizz. Featuring the Fresh. This turned into like a uh, Moo Moo Fresh appreciation podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Episode, yeah. She deserves it, yeah, though. Lord. Well, I appreciate you guys hipping me to that. Like, I'm not too familiar with the work. So, yeah, let's do it. One of the things that stands out to me, um, of course she's rapping, but the production behind her is so lush and it's like a lot of live instrumentation, which speaks to, um, I guess maybe her singing background, her soul music background. I think what I, sorry, what I love so much about her is that she is an artist, um, like for the people, like she is really not at all about herself. Like, and I think that's what makes her so free and that's what makes her be a vessel. Um, She's not at all about, look at me, look at me, I'm so dope. And that's what makes her so fucking dope. What was the word that you said in Japanese earlier that kind of denotes a level of authenticity or something? Uh, Homono. Homono. Like, people will say, like, oh, yeah, you're, like, homono. Yeah, real. They call, like, American people. I've been called homono. I don't know Mm. what the hell that means. But if, if you can speak English natively or you sing... Uh, to a level that they're like, they approve of you. Then you're homono. Okay. Like you're so the opposite of homono is like fake. Okay. You're real or you're fake or like. Uh, I got it. Yeah. The real thing. I hadn't just never heard the term before. Mm. Probably because they maybe they think I'm fake. <laughs> you're <laughs> every you're time, homono. Every time I sing at karaoke, they're like, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> Trash. Trash. Uh. Trash. 
But that term is like what you're saying is it's kind of corny, right? It's corny. The word itself is corny to use like homono, like what? Mm. Domo? Like what what are you to like make that judgment? I feel like what what do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of terms like in hip hop when people are like real hip hop. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. what do you even mean by that? Right. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. even know. I mean, I get what they mean by that. But most of the time people say that they're talking about people who rap like New York rappers in 1994 mm. when they say real hip hop. Yeah. Like, mm. I mean, just like, I don't know. But I get it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Real hip hop. That's right. Mega late show. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Do uh do we have any more musical shares and stuff? I guess I got I got to do a public service announcement and let you guys know about a new album that came out by my guy Submerse. Uh, Submerse is a beat maker producer out here. He produces a variety of different music, but I guess more um, precisely, you could call him a, a beat maker. He kind of makes it. Mm-hmm. You could find him on those like lo-fi. Um, beat playlist but also he makes a variety of music and his new album is called get you down and what i really like about this new album called get you down is that it is uh basically a drum and bass album which uh, of all of the kind of uh edm genres and subgenres of edm mm. it's kind of fallen out of favor jungle and drum and bass are mm. you're less likely to find that than you are to find a house or uh, a trance mm. bar. And as a b-boy, a former b-boy, I guess forever I'm a b-boy, um, <laughs> we used to most likely, if we we're going to dance to EDM music, it was going to be, be jungle or drum and bass mm. because those drums are the amen break and meant for spinning on your face. So, um, <laughs> yeah, let me just um, let me pull up it, this album and I'll play this joint right here. But it is very much... And it is a different. It's a it's a different type of drum and bass because he incorporates uh, his passion for '80s R&B. Uh, he's good friends with like Devin Morrison okay. and uh, and and Fitz Ambrose, and so they make a lot of them are using a lot of the same synths that you would have found being popular during that era. And uh, yeah, man, Submerse is really dope. And uh, yeah, go check out this new album by him. But it is called get you down by submerse surprising that he came out with it he mentioned it to me on a podcast a few months ago and i completely forgot about it and then i woke up to find it and i was like oh i can walk around to this it sounds like if you would have given me the test earlier and you play this and said what year do you think it's from i would have been like oh 90 91 Mm. maybe because it is that I like drum, drum and bass and Nadeki. Uh, jungle. Jungle. Yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of both. Probably more jungle because it has kind of that reggae feel yeah. a little bit. But but yeah. I, I feel like when I listen to this music, I want to play like a racing car game or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something fast paced. But yeah, um, check that out. He is a person out here in Tokyo doing the best stuff. So yeah. Oh, he has a song with Devin Morrison and Pink Sifu. So yeah. Check it out. Um, that's my public service announcement for the day. Anybody <laughs> else want to share something uh, dope or fresh or both? Any, any Anything like that? I, I'm curious. Um, who's your favorite MC besides Mumu Fresh? It's yeah. really hard. That's such a, G- give me a, a couple. killer question. Yeah. 
It's so difficult. Um, MC. Yeah. Or beat man, like some of your favorite people in hip hop culture that you were first drawn to when you first started participating in the culture. Uh, I definitely listened to um, the Wu Tang Clan a lot on those tapes. Yeah, <laughs> it was mm. back in '94. I had the tape and CD. Mm. Um, and back in the days, it was like we had songs. Which you could, which were only available uh, like on the B side, the remixes. So I have like a vast collection of like 90s hip hop and R&B at home. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. You had to buy the record to get it. We how had no B ports. Mm -hmm. How long have you been living in Tokyo, like the Kanto area? Um, For a while now. Most of my life now. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, that's crazy. You too, though. No, right? I, you no Nagasaki. Yeah, so okay. it's been um, sixteen years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the like seven years that I've been in Tokyo, I feel like it's changed so much. Mm. Like when I first got here, I struggled to find like Mexican food, and then when you do find Mexican food, you struggle to find good Mexican food. <laughs> right. Like we had like frijoles, right? When I first mm -hmm. moved out here, and I went there and I was like, oh, this is like Chipotle, chipotle. and I was like, oh, this right. is like trash Chipotle. <laughs> it's like Chipotle already isn't like the greatest Mexican food. Like if you're in California and you air to go to Chipotle, it's like mm -hmm. something's wrong with you. <laughs> you should go to Alberto's, Ryberto, Hilberto's, any of the Berto Mexican spots that cook their meat in lard is where you want to go. Mm. But but out here it's like now I feel like you could go get Mexican food in most major like stations. Mm. Like there's uh Guzman y Gomez. Yeah. There's I mean Chili's has been here. Chile's has been here. Saras has got Mexican food. Mm. When I got here, we didn't have Taco Bell. We didn't have Carl's right. Jr., Shake Shack. Yeah. Everything is becoming more like... Mm -hmm. Tokyo was strange because it's like a, such a huge city that you would think there would be a lot more influence from Western and, and larger mm -hmm. places. But it's like, mm -hmm. we have McDonald's and maybe a Wendy's. And mm -hmm. now it's, it's starting to seem a little bit more global to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Wh what are your thoughts on like the changes? Does it, like, does it seem crazier to you? Too many gaijins walking around? <laughs> Pissing me off a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I'll but be out here like hating Mexican on gaijins <laughs> as a gaijin. Mexican restaurants are really crazy because besides Sarasa's place, I know two friends started Mexican restaurant in Tokyo. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my friend said there is a Mexican restaurant war here. <laughs> a war? Yeah, war. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like these years, these three, four years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of a sudden, Mexican restaurant popping yeah. everywhere. Yeah, burger spots too. Mm. There's so yeah. many new burger restaurants now. Burgers were more popular than Mexican food, you know, f six years ago. But yeah. now it feels like every place has like a gourmet style burger spot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, expensive. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're Tokyo prices. Like $20 I mean, dollars for a burger. I mean, yeah. even even Carl's Jr. is like, what do you mean this yeah. cost yeah. me thirteen dollars right. for a burger and fries? <laughs> come on now. And I don't get free refills on the right. high fructose corn syrup. Like, <laughs> come on, man. But yeah, I, I I like it. I like that it's I have access to those things. Right. Even even like the Caldi now has mm -hmm. like more like I go in there. I'm like, whoa, you got double stuffed mm. Oreos. You know what I'm double waiting stuff. for to come to Tokyo though? Trader Joe's. Ah, yeah, and the Whole Foods. Yeah, but yeah, Whole Foods is about to be hell expensive when it comes yeah. here. It's already I, so expensive in the states, but mm. I can I, only imagine. I don't know how they would be able to pull it off. 
because so much of that stuff is like um comes from farms that are more regionally grown for the True, area organic. and yeah, and yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of that specialty market so when you to get that stuff out here you usually have to get it frozen mm-hmm. and then flown in from like the meat guy japan yeah. or um iherb dot right. com and right. it's like you know and those are good resources for those type mm. of things if you want like um you know zero carb tortilla wraps uh but <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like wow uh, what uh, do you mean zero carbs well you know at the beginning of the year i was doing keto and i had lost all this weight and it was because i was like zero carbs all the time wow. and i was making like breakfast burritos with their their tortillas and uh it, it don't taste the same but yeah. it's 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 you know like all the good shit is bad for you, and right. I think it's just how <laughs> right. it's supposed to be, maybe, yeah. until you reach like this transcendental level of being able to make tofu taste like chicken, <laughs> which people get there. Right. Yeah. My roommate gets, my old roommate used to get there, but I can't, so I'm just like. Uh, I I hate the the chicken, salad chicken you can get at the konbini. Oh yeah. That chicken tastes like so artificial yeah. Yeah. and processed yeah the process, texture yeah. of it too is kind of like you question what you question what type of chickens they come from yeah. I, don't yeah. I don't think it's as bad as it is in the united oh. states not at all still i i would stay away from it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i struggle with it i feel like for the like since coronavirus happened i kind of just gave up on doing a lot of things mm. which is why i'm trying to get buddha to mm-hmm. do push-ups with me every day so <laughs> yeah. at least i can like get back into some semblance of shape right. but yeah man it's been crazy what are uh what are your favorite mexican food restaurants i mean we 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 don't have to say sarasas because we all know we love okay. sarasas. <laughs> of course that's going to be our choice but okay, like so first of all i i love burrito me mm. too and there's a place called Jankadelic in Nakameguro. Okay, yeah. That place is my favorite uh, for uh, their burrito. Yeah, you should try it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of Jankadelic. I've just never been so there. So good. Yeah. What about you, Maya? I don't Not, like... You don't like Mexican food? I don't food? like Jankadelic. <laughs> oh, oh it's, yeah. it's more like Tex-Mex, right? But yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the, I don't know. They have like weird like potato, like mashed potatoes. I like There's like put potatoes and stuff in it. I'm like... Mm. I don't know. That's like a uh, California has like the p- the potatoes in it, but it's like mm-hmm. a California burrito with like French fries in it. Oh, right. So it's like potatoes. It's like hash browns. Like mm. breakfast burritos can have like hash brown or mm-hmm. French fries in mm-hmm. it, but it's not a real type of Mexican type mm. of thing. Mm. And recently, li- not recently, but um, there's a super luxury Mexican restaurant in Daita. 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 Near. Uh, Where's that? Ikejiri, Daita. Oh, okay. Around that area. Los Holes. Hmm? No. Ah, I forgot the name. But it's super luxury. Mm. Oh. And I, we... By luxury, you mean like higher than Tokyo prices? Or you need to wear like a like suit to go there? gourmet... I don't know. Yeah. Gourmet Mexican? Yes. Mm. So... So the chef is making in front of you one by one and it's taking time to serve but mm. it's delicious and mm. it and m- the ingredients is m- more like fusion ah, like okay. like saba mm. with something oh. Oh, interesting wow. yeah so there's some japanese influences yeah, in yeah, there yeah yeah hmm. chiles does that too um mm. 
Carlos that runs Chili's in Harajuku, he has like this um, Koji uh, beef burrito mm. where it's like salted preserved beef that he makes. So it's like mm. kind of like very Japanese gastrocentric, but also Mexican food. So that's good mm. stuff. Are you not a fan of Mexican food? You don't seem nearly no, no. as enthusiastic. I, like, I yeah? love it. <laughs> it's just like I couldn't think of a place. I do like hot toast though. Ah. Ah. I had a birthday at? party last week there. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So that place is very famous for their ribs and cloth mm. beer. And mac oh. and cheese. Yeah, Wh- mac where and is cheese. It? <laughs> I feel like I've been there before, but so, also. So um, I had a birthday party there last week with uh, eight to ten close friends. And Terry was there. And when Terry ate the ribs, he was so happy and oh my gosh <laughs> so he kind of approved hey. so yeah terry approved seal terry approval approved. from terry yeah that's brooklyn terry picture. for all you nerds <laughs> oh, okay shout out to terry yeah. you know Mac my f- my favorite mexican food restaurant i haven't been there in like two years but it's in like musashi shinjo which is like near musashi kosugi so down there i'm pointing in the wrong that down there and um yeah, the, the ladies that run it, um, they're a couple, and they both used to live in San Francisco, mm. and they learned how to make the food there, and they mm. actually cook the meat using lard instead of, like, regular oil or whatever, mm-hmm. so it gives it that kind of home, like, that mm. authentic Californian mm. clog your arteries eventually mm. and kill you deliciousness that I am mm. just into. W- I'm not a fan of Tex-Mex at all. And I prefer Northern California mm. Mexican food to Southern California mm. Mexican food. Okay. And so they kind of just have perfected it to a degree. It costs a gang of money. Like, mm. I mean, I guess all these places probably cost around the same. Mm. Maybe those ribs were yeah, more expensive. This is the rib. Oh. This was so good. Yeah, this yeah, is I need to, yeah, I need to be a part of things. And the vibe is <laughs> like, mm, yeah. great vibe. Yeah. Cozy. Mm. I lost my memories. Oh, no. Yeah. For the first time for a long time. I want to eat there. <laughs> I'm pretty hungry right now. <laughs> um, do, uh, can, can we, uh, I, I guess we can wrap it up unless there's anything else in particular that you guys would like to talk about or something dope or no, no, no. We've been recording it for a long time. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. It's been kind of a long time. Um, okay. Well, shoot. Let's go ahead and give some uh, social media type of stuff. First, let me thank you, ladies, for coming by. Uh, I really appreciate having some feminine energy in here, oh. unlike <laughs> all the fucking guys that I have in here all the time. So um, thanks again. And uh, if there's anybody that you think would be great to bring to the podcast, always let me know. I am trying to show all of the incredible people in Tokyo as consistently as possible. So um, yeah, episode 128, where can we find you? Um, and Naomi, is, uh, I'm on 55Tokyo on Instagram, Twitter, and Japan for Black Lives, JP for Black Lives on Twitter and Facebook instagram yep <laughs> so i am maya hatch um m-a-y-a-h-a-t-c-h that's um my handle for all of my socials thank you so much for having me i'd Mega. love to see you oh um i'm not doing much on my <laughs> instagram <laughs> like majority of my posts are um speakeasy and like my friends parties and like it's not much about me but 
Um, I am Rio, like I am dot R E E Y O is my Instagram. But like, I'm gonna continue to post up about um my Mona, my Mona's class. If there are any updates, um, and some other stuff that I I'll think about. <laughs> dope, dope. Not sure at this point, but but I also want um all to. Uh, go to mymonayusef.com and like sign up for her newsletters. Um, and you know, if if you're, you don't have to be in the United States, even like in other countries in, of Asia, or even if you're in Australia, um, I think you could possibly take her class because in Japan we were taking her class 9 a.m. in the morning. Or um, 10 p.m. in the night, and it goes about like an hour and a half from there. So um, it's the time difference is is totally doable. Yeah, please. Yep. Like, yeah, I'll put uh, I'll put links in the bio mm -hmm. uh, for all of you to kind of just click and go to uh, at your own leisure. Uh, yeah. Mega Late Show. All of these beats. This episode are brought to you by Ra Ra Raj, the beat maker. Check out his newest project. Uh, good morning. I'm fucking it up. Let me make sure I'm. <laughs> let me make sure I'm getting it correct. Uh, it is called Good Night Sunshine. Hmm. All right. Yeah. And I'm gonna go out to the homie Meso's new uh, remix track, Immigrate Us by Solme. So. Here's that and listen to that for another couple minutes. I love this track a lot. Shout out to May So Meditative Records. He's also here in Tokyo. Enjoy yourselves. Read a fucking book. <laughs> yeah, books. Oh, and that book that I was talking about is very much a real book. It's called Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism <laughs> by Christian Godsi. Good book. Not much theory, but dope.
しき求め離れたままのうちもそのうちズタ袋に先祖代々の憧れと好奇心食品工場清掃料ビル窓の清掃コンビニのレジの奥目と鼻の先に清掃保証なし姿勢気労働者と同じ釜の飯にせんせられたドリアミナ一つ屋根の下で川の字門の外の野蛮人ルーツ持つ数百万人ピクチャーブライド北米南米ハワイに住む故郷割れ食い口求む彼らは蓋を開けりゃあん時のそして今後の我らそう俺たちもそうだった線の向こうで育ったあぶくせにの仕事と泡のような夢四畳半の畳の上東京に出した雑魚寝して遠くを優雅に流れる雲を眺めてる俺たちもそうだった線の向こうで育ったあぶくせにの仕事と泡のような夢四畳半の畳の上東京に出した雑魚寝して遠くを優雅に流れる雲を眺めてる